everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth, and this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. I'm praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Hi, welcome to another podcast with me, Paul White. And today I'm with my special friend, Claudio Bargena. And Hello. <laughs> Claudio, when did we first meet? Oh man, 2007 was the first time, I think. Wow. And so Claudio had drifted in on some massive ship. And he was like this seafaring <laughs> missionary who swept into Weymouth and began to bang on the doors of all the pastors and vicars and uh, try more and... or less, yeah. <laughs> Notice try, me. Try and get someone to be interested in what we're selling. So you were on the Logos Yeah, the two? O- Logos two. Logos two at that time. Uh, uh OM ships, Operation Mobilization. Uh-huh. And uh, we were just uh, on the verge of transferring over to the Logos Hope wow. that was being refitted. And yeah, we landed in. I was actually in Weymouth to do the lineup uh, yes. for, so, like you said, trying to get everyone ready for the visit of the ship. Mm-hmm. And so you came into our lives and it seemed as if to us both really without us kind of acknowledging it initially, but that God was doing something particular in our friendship yeah absolutely i kind of instantly felt a connection there with you particularly and with your church mm. i remember that, that at that time i was very young i was 19 20 20 and um just near 19 yeah. <laughs> i probably had just turned 20 yeah i was very proud of now being in my 20s or something thinking i was somehow just older and wiser but uh, i was uh, i remember i was praying about the Holy Spirit and, mm-hmm. and, and it was the, the, the whole thing about the Holy Spirit was very new to me and, mm. and how to move in the spirit. And I remember being in this youth club once and, and I felt the lack of um, ability to reach out to these young people. I was like, mm. there's no strategy or no game or like no amount of being fun and funny and, and you know, sure none of that seems to work here, you know. Mm. And so I pray, I said, God, there must be something Mm-hmm. Like I need some supernatural help here. Wow. And so that's when I started looking. And then I I, I was I met you mm-hmm. and I instantly realized how you were like moving in this prophetic and, and kind yeah. of supernatural environment. And then I was just instantly attracted to that. I was like, wow. you need to teach me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a great friendship. And, you know, I think one of the things I realized was that God's hand was on you in a particular way and that you weren't the kind of person that you could particularly contain and localize and, you know, kind of put your stamp on these. This guy is ours forever kind of thing. And there was that sense that you were sent, you know, Mm. in, in that kind of apostolic way that I do believe certain people are sent to go out and 
you know we call them missionaries or evangelists or all kinds of things but it's That's kind right. of that apostolic call isn't it to mm. go out and initiate and get things done and you went off to bible college um back to chile so you're from chile yes so i was born in chile i left when i was 18 to be a missionary mm-hmm. with om uh bible college was again like you know that connection uh with you guys and you offering for me to do the placements yeah uh, my placement i did in your church and um from that time i felt like uh, you and your church became sort of my home church yeah uh and then a few years after going around in circles maybe compared to the wilderness maybe my mm-hmm. own little wilderness uh, but it was a massively formative time, wasn't it? It was, you? definitely, yeah, definitely. It. And yeah. then I I ended up feeling a call to go to Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke to you guys, you were all over it because yeah. you've had a heart for Northern Ireland for a long time already. Yeah. So, And I, I we were saying yesterday how cool it was that when, when you did come over and you got established in your own relationships here, or there, I should say, because we're <laughs> in the South right now, um, we... It, what was exciting for me was when I introduced you to people that I knew through our connections that you connected with them as well kind of instantly and it just felt like wow this is really good there's that kind of connectivity that works for us is it working for you who are also connected with us and yeah. that was really fun it was fun and it was very helpful as well um when the project I had come to work with in Northern Ireland fell apart and I was like, what should I do? Mm. But I really felt strong that I, that I, that God had called me to Northern Ireland. So yeah. I was like, and he, he didn't call me to do that particular job. So I was like, well, I should stay here. And then you, you came over to visit and, and connected me with all these different people. And I, I love networking. It's mm. always been part of my DNA. Definitely. Um, and I always approach networking with this mindset of you just never know. Yeah. You know, and we were talking about you. You used the word earlier, ramifications. You're like you mm-hmm. meet someone and you think, oh, okay, well, you know, they, they seem nice, but like you, you don't know what the ramifications of that meeting could sure. be. And sometimes it goes around in a circle and it's com- it comes back, and you're like, oh, oh, you know, so and so. Oh, yeah, I'm good friends with them from a long time ago. You know, and yeah, that kind of way. I, I love it. And uh, some of those connections that you made for me in Belfast. I'm still friends with. That's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. So you were really felt called to Northern Ireland. You were a confirmed bachelor. You had no intentions of getting married, I think, initially, um, or at least for quite a while. You lived in your little bachelor pad and you Mm. were connecting with all these people. I was a volunteer. Had no money. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then suddenly you've met Laura, the love of your life. Mm Mm-hmm. And you moved to Southern Ireland. So where are you now? Yeah, well, just on that note, Laura, she's from Belfast. Mm-hmm. And um, we met through just my mission. I was, I was looking for places to pray and people to pray with. And Laura was leading a, a prayer, uh, 24-7 prayer boiler room in the west of Belfast. And uh, so we met like that. And, and we when we got married, we were sort of praying what would be next and there wasn't any any strong sense of staying in Ireland, mm-hmm. but there wasn't any strong sense, sorry, staying in Northern Ireland. Right. We, we didn't really feel called to stay in Belfast, but we also didn't feel a calling to go anywhere particularly. Mm. So obviously, a kind of just taking off somewhere without a calling, is, is it, it can be dangerous. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's risky, you know, and... and <clears throat> If you don't have a strong conviction, as soon as the challenges start, yeah. then you'll be flaky enough. You know, you, you won't be able to 
cope with the challenges if you don't know that God really called you there. So we tried to stay, but we had a, a visa problem um, with in Northern Ireland with the UK immigration and stuff. So we couldn't apply for that. But Laura, having dual nationality, we knew that we could apply for a visa, a spousal visa in the South, in mm-hmm. the Republic of Ireland. So we thought, sure, before we decide to move to Chile or India or China somewhere, or South <laughs> Africa, uh, it all sounds great. But before we do that, let's just stay around near. And so we decided to look for somewhere to move just over the border. Uh-huh. And the first place over the border was Leitrim. <laughs> right. And no one knew anything about Leitrim, but all we know is it's not far from Belfast. <laughs> so uh, we found a place to rent in Leitrim. And it was near the coast and we knew that Laura could get some jobs. We thought maybe I could get a job. There were a couple of language schools. Anyway, long story short, um, it it felt convenient and we moved in for the convenience as we also were praying and thinking, okay, maybe we spend a year here. We'll pray to see what God says and where he wants to send us next. Mm -hmm. But six months in, after having met a few different people, particularly some church planters uh, who were starting to do some amazing stuff, we very quickly realized that God wanted us here all along. Mm. Um, so yeah, six months in, six months in, we realized this is it. You know, we're so, staying, we're staying here. Yeah. So now we're <clears throat> you're in this beautiful house in Kinloch. Kinloch, yeah, North Leitrim, and it's five minutes away from some very cool surfing. Yes. And yeah. That was a surprise. I didn't plan uh, that. Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly did not plan that. As when I moved here, some I heard some people say there is really good surfing, and I didn't mm. believe them until I went. So we're on the west, tried it by myself. West coast on the Atlantic and the wild Atlantic way. Oh man, it's beautiful. It is stunning. <laughs> it is. So Claudio, here you are with Laura, mm. Laura, and you've embarked on this journey of faith, and God's been with you, and now you you've got some employment you're no longer a volunteer mm-hmm. and that who was are you an working to for prayer. yeah a huge answer to prayer uh, one thing to led to another and currently i have two part-time jobs i work a couple of days a week with uh, a church of ireland in mm-hmm. slago uh, as the youth coordinator uh, trying to restart maybe would be a, a good word to use there trying to restart youth ministry in that church uh-huh. uh, and the rest of the time i work for youth for christ this is very new it only started uh, a few months ago and um and you have a really cool brief i gather to for youth for christ the, what do you mean brief that your your job description oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of basically... yeah they essentially like they hired me i was like so what's the role description obviously before taking the job mm-hmm. i'm like you know tell me more about the job and the role description and the vision for Slago. And they were like, the vision for Slago is you. <laughs> it's no like, we want to, we've been praying about expanding. Youth for Christ Ireland is a small team based in Mullingar. And they had been praying about expanding and, and kind of setting up shop in a different town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they didn't want to just look at a place and go, all right, let's see if we can find someone there. They were going the other way around of, trying to find someone and seeing where that person was. Mm-hmm. And then, so they, we connected in a very random way, really. And, but quickly the, the director, Liam, he, he felt like this kind of hunch, you know, from the Holy Spirit, just yeah. kind of a leading. And we got chatting and he started finding out more about what I was doing in, in Slago. And he essentially said, I want to enhance that. You know, I want, I want to support you wow. to do 
that, whatever you're doing whatever already, you do. in a yeah. greater capacity. Mm-hmm. So we're just adding to your hours. Fantastic. Um, but it's just to do more of what you already do with more churches. Um, so, yeah. So it's a very vague Love kind it. of role description. So lots of networking, lots of kind of building relationships and inspiring people yeah. and drawing things together. and That's that right. And even, even in the interview, so, okay, maybe a bit of context here is that in Ireland, things can take a very long time mm-hmm. uh, be- because people don't, trust you instantly because mm. of your job title or whatever so you need to build it takes a long time to build relationships and to build trust and um we tried a, a different approach before this job uh and it didn't work out because the vision was too short term it was like mm. you know in the next 12 months we want to see these and that result yeah um and so i was a bit weary about that and and um when I came to the interview, I kind of, I was a bit like, okay, so what, what are the, what are the expectations? Like, you know, what are you expecting to achieve in, in a year or in two years? But finally enough, one of the interview questions was how do you like, what does Youth for Christ Slago look like in, and they were about to say the time frame, and I was bracing myself and they said in five years, and I just took this big breath, you know, it's like, oh, that's what I, that's, yeah. that's exactly it. It's like, that question doesn't even need to be answered, is it? But that question is describing uh, the, the kind of the, the vision here. It's like, it, it, we're not trying to achieve anything in the next 12 months, um, except for trying to figure out what the need is, mm-hmm. what the local need is. And so that, that really shapes that question has shaped my role and my my actual mm-hmm. day-to-day job is like you said networking connecting with young people trying things you know trying a youth yeah. worship night and mm-hmm. trying some football here and sports ministry and different things and and getting to know the need talking to leaders about the need and spending enough time spending a year two years just getting to see Brilliant. what the need is who is the the needy you know who's the orphan and the widow and you know mm-hmm. and um and trying to see what God is already doing and what he's starting yeah, to do, yeah, you know, and then perfect. maybe after a year or two, come up with, you know, what we're going to do for the next three years. And then, mm-hmm. you know, with that kind of long-term five-year strategy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, it can be very vague, but I love it because that's, that's all over what I do well, and what I'm comfortable I, with. Just as you were t- telling me that, I, I remembered a prophecy that I had for you um, a few years back when something had... The, the first thing you'd gone over to Northern Ireland to be involved with had folded up and you mm-hmm. were about to make a transition into something else. Mm. And I remember saying, prophesying from Hebrews chapter one, which is obviously about Jesus in the last days, God has spoken to us by his son. And I said that actually in this case, the Lord's plan seems to me to be doing exactly the same thing. He's not sending a program. He's sending a son mm. into I this context where the very fact of who you are as a son of god himself you know in your that purpose that he's rolling out in your life that in itself is his gift to the people he's sending you to and that you're not coming with a load of programs Mm. or smart answers or clever strategies but you're coming as a son with his identity in in god himself and you know kind of like able to then bring that 
into the context mm. of where and you that are. has serious implications as well because you you focus your your day-to-day job in being the best son you can be mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to coming up with the next big you sure. shouldn't you know yeah fantastic (laughs) so we were talking yesterday and you said some things i thought this is really good this is really helpful and you were talking about um about how sometimes the pressure on people who are big names and famous Mm. and so on is immense because they've got so many demands so many people expecting something from them and a lot to live up to yeah and their time is kind of very precious and you were saying that god's called you a lot of the time into situations that are quite small mm. and that you really sense his heart in that just talk to us a little bit about how what that means to you and how you see it and yeah i guess a good place to start there is when i was in when i was doing church planting in belfast five six years ago um i felt that kind of struggle with sometimes i would be home uh, doing nothing for a whole day and I felt bad about that because I'm like mm-hmm. you know I'm I should be doing more here it should be I don't know in like t- teaching bible st- study groups or you know just active. doing yeah more yeah. active and I remember just feeling like God was saying your job here is to be available uh-huh. and in order for you to be available you need to have days where you're not doing anything mm-hmm. Uh, and those days where you're not doing anything, you're actually doing your job. You're being free and available. Uh, you don't have your week packed with things. You don't have your calendar set out for the next three weeks. If somebody calls you over the phone uh, and says, I have a worship, I have a prayer meeting tomorrow evening. Could you lead worship at it? I could yeah. say yes, because yeah. I didn't have any plans. And um, that became uh, the, the sort of the, the mark of so part of who you are was available yeah yeah and i really felt like my job description is to be available mm-hmm. um and uh, so i started trying to kind of build this into a little bit of a strategy and and it, it, i saw it play out really well you know and and what what led me to was to very quickly be involved in lots of different very small things mm-hmm. um and like small groups that were very happy some groups were happy to uh, change the day they would meet because you know it suited me it was the day that i was available Mm -hmm. whatever you know um and and it just worked out you know and so i started being busy-er yeah uh but with all of these like small kind of small ministries small groups and um and but it was so it wasn't random you know it was always someone who had been praying you know uh, uh, the way i landed for example on, on that uh 24/7 prayer group in west belfast where i met my wife they had been praying for a worship leader mm-hmm. and you know i love leading worship yes. i've always felt like my my calling isn't to be a worship leader i just love leading worship mm-hmm. and i know that god has given me that as a as an instrument <laughs> pun maybe yeah, not intended so i don't know yeah. <laughs> semi-intended you know as an instrument for ministry uh-huh. so the, the the leading worship isn't the end mm-hmm. the leading worship is just the way i get involved in missions and i support local churches and and local groups um with the guitar and we playing worship sure. and so many I've, I've come across so many 
who are like we just we really need someone who can come with a guitar and lead us yeah. into some songs you know <laughs> and then and then because of who you are and the your own revelation and understanding of worship you raise their experience level up so they have a new yeah. high watermark in their life for what happens in worship that's high praise <laughs> well yeah and and so there's a so you're, Thank you, you're kind guess. of bringing a you're bringing a gift into the atmosphere uh, into the environment i should say yeah. rather you know like so um, i do like the idea of mobilizing worship where there is none mm-hmm. you know i think that's kind of been my mission statement yeah. <laughs> a little bit it's um creating a space for worship where uh, no one else is you well know? someone very famous uh, whose name escapes me um said once i think he was a bishop he said worship um sorry evangelism exists because worship doesn't okay and well, so, john piper said missions exist because worship doesn't. oh well there you go and he might have been it wasn't him but i think he was quoting someone he might have been <laughs> quoting someone else but so so really to to break new ground and i love it when noah comes out of the ark he builds an altar and you I, often see that in the old testament don't you they yeah. some significant event yeah. happens they build an altar they move into a new piece of territory that's right they build an altar yeah and there's something about like devoting that piece of physical territory to the lord by offering up worship and yeah, yeah so really yeah. what you're talking about is a contemporary version yeah. of that isn't it and another thing that i saw i started looking into how music in the bible tends to go um alongside the move of the spirit interesting um how you know you have a prophet saying yeah. bring me a harpist that mm-hmm. i may prophesy and why did he need the harpist you know he's obviously calling on some music to enable him to yeah. be prophetic and um and then david plays music uh at saul's Indeed. temple when yeah. when saul is tormented by an evil mm-hmm. spirit um and it, it calms him down mm-hmm. and so there is something about music that changes the atmosphere yeah. the spiritual yeah. atmosphere and i've been using that as kind of the underlying theology for you know my worship ministry uh in missions because yeah. it's not just leading some people in worship it's also uh elevating worship like make sort of sort of singing worship and, and making music spiritual music uh in the darkness as a way of lighting a, a torch mm-hmm. you know and, yeah. and shifting that atmosphere and some people call it thinning this the 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 space the air I know what or something you mean. Like that. yeah yeah thinning yeah. the atmosphere but it, it i believe that the more you do that the more you you worship together with music mm. um the more you enable other ministries to move in and, and no, be successful you know on. yeah something yeah. happens i don't want to try and explain the whole theology behind it, but no but something... i think you do have this multi-transactional kind of environment once you begin to worship because mm. we we come and we take and we think we're bringing initiative because but what we're actually doing is responding to a drawing of the spirit anyway yeah. so we then begin to offer up to him our worship and lift our hands and make music and all this stuff and then uh, that changes our kind of uh, our state from being where we're super conscious and very focused in our minds but into much more of a kind of contemplative place doesn't it where That's we're right, looking yeah. at him we're contemplating him we're considering him we're thinking about his beautiful attributes and who he is 
and then he begins to drop those seeds of prophetic into us and all kinds mm. of things and faith for healing and all sorts of stuff yeah i love it it's great <laughs> <laughs> so the, we were talking about um how sometimes the kind of like anonymity thing can prey on our hearts a little bit and we think oh nobody knows I, nobody knows who i am you know kind of <laughs> if i like, started my own podcast would anybody listen yeah to it? <laughs> indeed if i wrote a book would anyone buy it good question and uh but uh, but at the same time i bought yours Paul. yeah thanks Claire. <laughs> and uh but there's that kind of thing of just allowing god to be god and and it you know given you know we 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 talk about, don't we, bringing our little loaves and fish mm. to Jesus and saying, well, here I am. This is what I've got. I haven't... Yeah. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, but I often... Okay, this it, it, this has the risk of, of going on the tangent of a, of a rant. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you, you reel me back, okay? Yeah, yeah. You keep me in check. But, like, sometimes I look at some big itinerant speakers. Uh, and I, I don't want to use any names no, don't, use, don't use names <laughs> no don't use names but you know what i'm you talking about stay friends itinerant speakers who you know as soon as their name goes on the flyer everybody's buying a ticket yeah right and i feel it's kind of controversial because like within me i have a controversy because part of me is like oh wouldn't it be nice to be like that mm-hmm. you know so there is a, a, a very small amount of jealousy that i start mm-hmm. feeling but i don't know if it's jealousy it's more like a wondering what my life would be like if I was like that. Mm-hmm. But then I look at all these small things, small quote unquote things mm-hmm. that I'm involving. And I would be, and I, I instantly realize if I was like that, if I was booked in for the rest of the year in some big conferences, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do any of these most beautiful things mm-hmm. down on the ground. Yeah. And, and I kind of compare, I don't want to say one is better than the other. We need the itinerant yeah, speakers. And um, big crowds and big, yeah, big this and big that's that. That's right. Yeah. And I go to big crowds sometimes, particularly yeah. when there is good worship. Rent mm-hmm. Collective comes to town. I'll, I'll be the first one buying the tickets. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan. And I love that kind of big corporate worship yeah, or like same. some prophetic mm-hmm. uh, conference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's getting prophesied over and saved and healed. And it's just, it's awesome to see that move of God yeah. in big crowds. Um, but I personally know, and this is maybe it has come with time getting to know myself and getting to know the gifting that God has given me and getting to know the calling in my life as well. I guess the calling is something that it gets shaped over time, isn't yeah. it? You know, a lot of when I was 18, I was like, oh, what's God's calling in my life? And I, I felt like, you know, it was going to be like one thing that I needed to find out. And then I was going to do that for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. And it's like, no, no, calling is again more like an identity kind of yeah. statement you know it is who you are and who i am has a lot to do with the the kind of the, the missionary you know i'm a missionary at heart and i love that pioneering going into somewhere where there is nothing i love that and starting something new and by definition i think that's going to be small yeah you know and it and would... it's big because where, where there is nothing once you start something, that is huge. It's the biggest yeah. thing in town when yeah. it's the only thing in town. I love it. I love it. And 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 it's so, so biblical, isn't it? It's this idea we plant a seed. The seed is tiny relative to what it will become or what mm. it could become. And, you know, we go out and we, we literally do that. And there's this beautiful scripture in Ecclesiastes where, where he talks about um, cast your bread on the waters mm. 
and after many days it will return to you bearing much fruit and so we kind of think interesting one not quite sure what that means but then he goes on and he talks about um you know i think it's probably to do with investment and enterprise that kind of thing having a go taking a risk but then he talks about sowing your seed and he says in the morning sow your seed and in the evening don't withhold your hand so it's like keep going Mm. and then he says give portions to seven even to eight because you don't know what trouble will come on the earth you don't Mm. know what and then he says somewhere else i think it follows on maybe i've got the order jumbled up but he says um you don't know what will do well this or that (laughs) and it's like really is it is it really that hit or miss or kind of chancy? Mm. But I think it is. To, and well, it seems like that to us on our end of it. But actually, yeah. when we look back, we think, oh God! You know, my first, we were saying uh, just earlier about my first ever visit to Northern Ireland. I didn't realize how many times I would end Be up back. coming yeah. to Northern Southern Ireland. You know, and so many times it's just, I've forgotten how many. But it's become such a beautiful yeah. place of connection and life and yeah. so on. But that first ever step was a bit chancy, a bit yeah. risky. And is this God? I hope it's God. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if it isn't, I think he loves me enough to kind yeah. of clean up any mess behind me. That's right. I, I always carry that sentence in my head. You just never know. Yeah. You never know what God will do with this. You invest a little, you plant a little seed here. You might even think the seed died under the ground. You never sow any fruit. You move on. And then, and sometimes you won't know. Something yeah. might grow and you'll never see it. Yeah. And I think there is value in um, rejoicing over just the, the, the planting of the seed. Yeah. And letting the growth really just be up to God. Love it. Um, I've just got one story to tell before we finish. I think <laughs> okay. we should probably wrap it up. But just to say, um, there was a when you were on the ship right back that first mm-hmm. time we ever met, and you invited a young lad. You approached his dad and you said, "Could he come and stay a night on the ship?" I think he was probably about fourteen, something like that. And um, I remember it was my son Josh, and I was the dad. And then the next morning I came to pick him up from the ship and I remember him crying. He was quite overcome. I don't know why he was so, but he was particularly overcome by that whole kind of thing. And he was kind of had a great time with you. And, um, and we like, he met a lot of other people there as well. Met a lot of other people, <laughs> we went of course. Playing yeah. football with yeah. some group of and he missionaries. Just, <laughs> just had a great time. And, you know, it was kind of like going into a more, um grown-up environment yeah you know and just being the special treatment and then he spent quite a bit of time following on from that just kind of in a bit of a spiritual wilderness but then he came back to the lord with absolute pedal to the metal and he's just finished his um degree at bible college he's 28 he's married well done josh following jesus you know and i think claudia you sowed some seed into his life you know those years ago and i'm so grateful come on so bro <laughs> thanks for sharing if anyone wants to connect with claudio how's the best way to do that um email i guess uh, claudio at yfc.ie um but yeah through paul i mean yeah you doing friends. social media yeah social media as well instagram just my name um i don't really do social media all that much anymore sure. 
but uh, sure, through you, I mean, cool. we have a very tight connection anyway. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely, get in touch if you want to come to the beautiful uh, Emerald. You Isle. really should. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone wanting to uh, come over to the Wild Atlantic Way, uh, mm. give me a shout, and I'll I'll give you some pointers, some places to go and see. Fabulous. Come over for a cup of tea, and we'll, I'd love to have a chat. Thanks, Claudio. <laughs> God bless you, everyone. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page and my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him. But more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.